0: up guys welcome into a saturday edition this is a bit of a uh it's a bit of a change of pace we usually have on the saturday will be our film breakdown behind enemy lines but as i said yesterday we are switching angles here and catching up with john on saturday which i think is uh is always fun so we're gonna talk a little bit of weekend football i guess john we got a um you know a crazy setup for for sort of the nfl with with how they're uh, kind of doing the, the the key trades at key times. like the. I mean, the NFL never gives us trades like this in-season. We haven't seen a ton of them. Can you think of anything like this Christian McCaffrey trade that we have seen recently? I mean, I don't know, in-season. I guess Vaughn Miller was in-season. Odell was a release. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other ones that have happened in-season. Cooper, in season, sort Cooper of the, I think, was. Cooper that, to Dallas, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your immediate reaction to it? I couldn't believe how much they gave up. I mean, it feels like, I think it feels like these guys are panicking.
1: Oh, um, it's huge. I I thought, honest to God, like, look, you know, when it comes to right, he's a great player. Um, He hasn't been consistently healthy, uh, but he's a great player. But it was hard to imagine almost any deal in the realm of what anybody was talking about um, compensation-wise that was going to be a good deal for any team. He's already getting paid market price. Um, He is uh, young, but has a ton of usage, you know, so like that's generally speaking. I think when you look at the graphs and stuff like that with running back fall off that usage. So anybody that's like, why don't we give Nick like 350 carries? Pay attention to that. All right. The guy's still young in terms of usage. Um, McCaffrey is not Um, so. I couldn't imagine like some kind of a deal for any of those teams where I thought there'd be lots of interesting storylines for the NFL. Like there was nowhere that I thought it was going to be a good deal for the acquisition team. And uh, I think it's a great deal for Carolina, Um, but two, three, four and a five. I mean, uh, it's not, it's not Ricky Williams, but it's, you know, um, you're approaching it and that's a team that, Um, probably only didn't include a first because they didn't have one because of the Trey Lance trades. So, um, and anything like, I mean, I thought one of the best points like somebody was talking about is that, yeah, sure. They got CMC now um, that could work out pretty well, but uh, any of these they're like, well, you could use them as a slot guy, all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure Kyle will, but those touches come at a cost to the uh, other players like Kittle and like Um, Debo and you know so like the net I can't imagine living up to the dollars that you're spending plus the uh, draft capital that you're giving up and I just want to say right before I turn this over to you that between the Trey Lance trade which gave up multiple firsts moved up grabbed him and then this a two three four and a five um, for McCaffrey a running back in a system that is known for producing running backs out of nothing. Um, This I think is Kyle Shanahan's and uh, you know, what's his names. um, That's this is their careers in, in San Francisco, at least Trey Trey could save both. I don't think CMC could save both, but you know, they have to have gotten this right. Or I think that their tenure in San Francisco is done within two years.
0: I think that's all very well said. Like, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of desperation that feels like it's behind it. And I could even, like you said, sort of at the beginning, I could stomach that sort of deal if it was a really dependable, healthy, consistently healthy running back. But we, we all know that's not, that's not at all what's happening here. So I think it, it I mean, I, it's hard. It's hard to to knock them like crazy and 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 say it's not going to work out. It's not hundred percent. Not, but I don't see it, man. I really don't see how it's going to work out that well for them. And it was funny because somebody just posted who works for PFF or recently did the rush yards over expected metrics this year. And CMC's like a little positive over the top, but the guy two spots in front of him is Jeff Wilson. It's like, <laughs> you know, the guy that is already on San Francisco's team. So, um, you know, McCaffrey's good. You can make use of him. It's not that you can't make use of him, but boy, the opportunity cost there. I, I think the 49ers – have a couple third round comp picks potentially coming back from what I've gathered and Uh, a couple other things. Yeah. But, but there, I mean, that's, that's again, that's compensatory picks you have to lean on. So I'm sure there's something to those could be more or less. I mean, the, the bare minimum, it limits what you can do in free agency, right, John? Cause you can, you can't sign a bunch of free agents. If you are expecting comp picks back, as far as I know, somebody could correct me on that, but I've always, understood it as like it's a it's cancels each other out so nonetheless they risked a lot and it feels like they risked a lot for a position that you really don't need to risk a lot it feels like shanny's always been able to turn these average running backs into pretty decent ones you know like think back to raheem Mostert in the in the uh nfc championship game not too long ago so yeah i i don't know silly i i couldn't believe it i mean i i I think the fit is fine i think mccaffrey's good i just think that like the cost is is uh it's 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 crazy and i guess it brought to the the question of you know moving kareem hunt do you think that there's a a law lo- okay let me put it this way what what moves kareem hunt a loss or two in the next two weeks does it take two losses does it take one i think it'd be silly not to go get something for him or and i, I don't know that dionis johnson who's not even playing this year really at all has any We've always it seems like people have held out this hope that he was going to be traded, and it's like I think they probably have tried. I thought they I, found anybody to take him. I thought
1: that right. he always had more value to us than he was going to have to anybody. Um, I thought Kareem Hunt, um, conversely, was the opposite. Now you know you're asking, what do we have? That I don't. I don't know whether wins or losses have anything to do with it. To be totally honest, uh, the. Uh, but I will say that the reports that the Rams were heavy in this uh, it makes a lot of sense to be shopping him. And, and we wouldn't be the only people with with offerings. Okay, there's there's other people out there. But Kareem Hunt, um, you know, should, I think, at least register pretty highly for the Rams if they um, they were after some CMC in the sense that, He's got, um, you know, he's got a lot of receiving ability and those types of things on the, uh, you know, and this is like with Darrell Henderson doing pretty well for them lately. So for whatever reason, and and think about like what they've dumped into the uh, running back position, like they've dumped quite a bit um, in terms of capital, whether it's dollars or or draft picks into, you know, with Cam Akers and and everybody else. But, um, you know, knowing that they were in on the CMC deal, like, they should be offering Kareem Hunt. Um, I just don't know that we are because I would have thought on multiple occasions that we should be looking to deal hunt for something in return. And they've never chosen to do that. So I don't even really know that they're interested in it at all. And I'm not sure that any loss or, or win um, affects it one way or the other.
0: Yeah, you could be right. I'm not sure. It's it's strange. It's very strange because listen, I think it's all been strange dating back. I feel like we've had a lot of these philosophical discussions as the season has struggled at the beginning here about what Andrew Berry's philosophy is or what their decision-making thought like they don't seem to stick to anything. If there was if there was one team that you thought way back when wouldn't pay a running back. Well, it was Cleveland, right? They had this idea out there that Cleveland wouldn't pay a running back. Well, they paid a running back. They wouldn't pay guards. They paid guards, wouldn't draft, move up to draft a linebacker. They moved up to draft a linebacker. Like, you know, we would have thought that they'd be frugal about this hunt in the last year of his deal thing, but they've had no interest in doing that stuff. So I think some of the predictability stuff that we've thought with this group was going to hold true year over year is not, it's not really held true. You know what I'm saying? And like, they, the only thing I think we can bank on right now that has been consistent year over year in terms of what we like to do with predictability in this group is that they draft young. And that's that's the only standard that we have seen them consistently hold to. So um, I, mean, I think you're right. I, I, I guess it wouldn't be surprising at all if they didn't move hunt. But to me, it's like if you're three and five or um, worse two and six you like just be if someone like the rams is desperate which we know based on what was was mentioned i think albert breer had some more notes today on uh some of that stuff like they, they're certainly looking to deal him i mean they, they're sorry the rams are looking to go get a running back and yes. their situation is pretty dire so That's um, this too,
1: too like they um you know in terms of kareem hunt um i don't actually think he's a great fit but um I don't think CMC was even all that great of a fit in, uh, in LA. And it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think that the Browns should be in this, not necessarily because of record or anything like that. I think it should be into it because when you make a move like Deshaun Watson and, um, I'm not one of those ones who thinks that, um, overall, um, we do poorly with picks. I think that, um, I think he does just fine with picks. And I, we have an interest in getting some draft capital back, even if that's not first rounders. Um, so like that's where I think like we should be on the front line of trying to recoup some capital because we have a lot of players making a lot of money. Um, and I would like to see them get back some draft capital, whether that's for Conklin or whether it's for um kareem like I, we should be in there trying to get that draft capital and whether that's the flip for a dt to help us this year or if it's just focused on the next you know um four or five years that's we should be in on that i think
0: i do too i don't see why they would sit on their hands here uh, especially given the picks they've already handed out so Uh, to me, it would be a wasted opportunity to me. I I always hate, I guess there could be some, and I'm not great with this. There could be some compensation stuff for Kareem too, but again, the Browns have been pretty active. I don't know how active they plan to be in free agency moving forward, but they've been pretty active in it. So it seems like at the minimum, they would, they would, you know, uh, cancel that out again. Kind of like we're talking about with San Francisco. It just limits some of what your flexibility is in a, in a given off season. So we'll see what they, see what they end up doing. But that that Christian McCaffrey trade kind of shook things up, I would say, for the most part, with where the the league was sort of thinking the Panthers were headed and some other little uh, variables like that. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. I think at this point that kind of covers anything that was important around the league, at least in my opinion, uh, that we didn't cover yesterday. Uh, We'll take a break, like I said, come back, and then we're going to talk about this game and our kind of vibe around whether we think it's going to (laughs) – this game's weird. We'll be right back and, and we'll talk on it. No house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today playing pick them contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250 K in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry. If you hit all your picks, bet on up to five player props, even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at knowhouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined, because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR, no com. All right, so the, the stuff out of Berea this week has been strange, John. Um, I've talked about it with a couple different guests this week. I, w- I want to give you a chance to talk on it. I It doesn't leave me feeling very confident about this defense turning around as it is. And some of the weird stuff that's come out this week, and it started with John Johnson, is not help the matter i'll put it that way so i mean i think this has potential Well, we see andrews is questionable at this point so andrews availability changes a lot but they do have isaiah likely who you and i both like a good good amount no pun intended there but it's like they'd be struggling with to find a, a tight end who can run some routes for him but i i don't i don't know how we're supposed to feel optimistic about the best quarterback that they would have seen so far this year based on how how they've played i guess herbert is probably a better pure quarterback but he's beat up at that point you know what i'm saying so i i have a hard time seeing cleveland keep him under 30 points and do you see the browns being able to get to 30 i mean it's tough it's tough it's tough right now especially they just the weird ways that baltimore runs the football and a whole bunch of things that need a, you need to be so disciplined against them because they they dress everything up so well they, they have so much eye manipulation to their run game and even without Um, You know, without J.K. Dobbins, who was ruled out earlier, it's I think Kenyon Drake went for over 100 last week, I I believe. So, um, you know, I I just I have a hard time with it. You tell me if I'm wrong. I'm interested in your prediction on this thing. No, what they need to do to beat them. What do they they have to do to beat? I mean, they've got to be a
1: completely different team off uh, defensively. I mean, that's that's really kind of what it comes down to. Um, there's nothing that I've seen on tape uh, in any game this season that beats this team. So um, my what, what would it take? It would take a complete turnaround, I think. And uh, just like you're talking about disciplined football, which is exactly what we're bad at on defense. So um, unless Deion Jones um, comes in and maybe this uh, DT – Uh, Unless they come in and they are activated and they're playing this week and um, they make uh, miraculous comebacks or, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, returns to form, I guess maybe would uh, be the term. Uh, Unless I see something very different than what we've seen for basically this whole season, there's no real reason for optimism. And I wish I could be more pleasant about that, but that's how I feel.
0: Yeah. What I'm interested is if the Browns are going to go to their heavy DB looks like they went into a lot of dime last year against Baltimore to try to put more speed on the field to deal with, with what they do. Um, That is so special over there with, with sort of that, like I said, they use flat motion and read mesh point stuff and they make you stay gap, you know, keep your gap integrity all the time. And we know the Browns have struggled to keep much run fit integrity because they can't handle things at the point of attack you know, the down block stuff has given them so many fits of two on one with defensive tackles that has led to blow ups in front of linebackers, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, not not the most encouraging look here. So I guess it comes down to whether the Browns offense can be of any sort of respectable level after last week. And I think there's some opportunity here against Baltimore, who I don't think is as talented physically up front as, um, you know, as New England is who just beat the we can just beat the hell out of them. So I don't know if, if if Baltimore is able to necessarily do that to limit the run game the way new England did, but no. uh, how are you feeling about Jacoby bouncing back? Are you optimistic about that or not? Yeah, I am. I, you know,
1: I'm not worried about this team really defensively to be honest. And I do expect a more um, enjoyable game, at least on that portion of the field. Um, I think Jacoby will come back and have a decent game. I think the Browns will score 20 some points. Um, you know, I think they would need some turnovers and uh, some defensive stops to get up in the 30s, which what you need, I think, to come away with a W. Um, but, yeah, I think offensively this should be quite a bit more enjoyable than throwing, what, a second play interception to, to – uh, they're not capable in the same way of Baltimore – or, excuse me, um, New England was in forcing us into our worst selves offensively.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Baltimore guests yesterday and kind of had mentioned how they've they've changed defensive coordinators. They went away from Wink Martindale, who just gave them hell, ironically enough, as the Giants defensive coordinator. He gave them a bunch of fits uh when the Ravens were in the Meadowlands playing them. But that the stuff that gave Jacoby the biggest issue last week was his that that mug front stuff, right? The the stuff that is walked up mugged linebackers up near the line of scrimmage and you know kind of confusing protection plans and confusing the quarterback about who's blitzing and who's not blitzing and that is not really what Baltimore is anymore so it's a, it's a massive philosophical difference defensively for them they still do blitz but it's not the crazy stuff with the man coverage and press coverage all the time like Baltimore was a really unique defense Great. and that Great. is something that Jacoby struggled with so I'm I'm wondering if they try to replicate that in any way that's that's a fascinating uh, little uh, you know, part of game planning for me is whether or not they try to replicate that uh, stuff that Jacoby struggled with. Because if they can and they can confuse Brown's protection or put a protection on the quarterback, then, you know, you can see how you can see how this stuff would be a little concerning at that point, at least to me. So I think, uh, that is a integral part. Yeah, I think that, that's a really good
1: point. Um, I don't think Baltimore is the kind of team, like, I mean, to me, if I was a coach, um, I, I wouldn't see any reason to not just be exploiting the Browns, uh, you know, middle of the defense. But um, Baltimore doesn't seem to me—they've kind of just done what they do best, um, and uh, both offensively and defensively, if that's what they do, we're not too bad off if they optimize their plans for what we do worst. Um, I don't think that's really been their, their real MO, but if they wanted to then um I would feel worse about this game. Now don't get me wrong, uh I'm feeling a loss. But <laughs> the uh but I don't feel like I did coming in New England, which um I came into that game feeling fairly hopeless in terms of what I expected out of Bill Belichick. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm with you. It's not a hopeless situation, especially some of these key injuries that are that are kind of popping up here. It does give you a little more hope that they can figure it out. And they're kind of just due. Like for lack of a better term, like they're just sort of due to figure this out, right? Yeah. Like at least in my opinion, sort of do, where they put together a good game. Like you again, I think I think a lot of the stuff with this team, it's hard to forget that they're a field goal away. And a, and a and a closing out of thirteen points in under two minutes from being four and two, like they're probably due to put together a good game at some point and finish one. I don't know when, um, and then maybe it won't happen either. But there, it's not like this team is week to week just absolutely terrible. So there's there's something to to maybe they just hey look at all it all worked out. I'm not not trying to fill everybody up with some false hope right now, but. I do think they're eventually going to do something like that, and this could be the week if they catch Baltimore at the right time. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. We'll close with, uh, listen. I, I guess the the I think I saw the line today on Ohio State, Iowa was like thirty eight was the line or something, and the over under was forty nine. So if you're if you're listening to this on on a Saturday morning ahead of Ohio State, have you ever seen anything like that? Not. I've never Iowa. seen anything like that. Not against Iowa well it, the, the offense is so anemic i had to uh i had to look a couple things up i thought that were were really pertinent to this game so mm. i was looking at some of the statistics for iowa's quarterback and if you have not paid any attention or you don't pay any attention to college football um you know iowa's offense is one of the worst offenses we've seen in a long time at, at the division 1 level period mm. so i shared that uh, Iowa has three wide receivers with at least three catches this season. Ohio State has three wide receivers with at least five touchdown catches this year. So Scott Petras, I think it's pronounced Petras, is their quarterback. Yeah, um, 87 of 161 for 939 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. C.J. Stroud has thrown one less pass. He is 113 of 160 for 1,737 yards, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions. So, um, Yeah. I, that that is uh that's going to be a fascinating game so i just had to throw that out at you because uh this is it's got a potential to be a really weird college football game that is uh i think i playing i was one of the more annoying things in college football period but uh, this one has a chance to be extremely strange where um high state maybe kicks a bunch of field goals and then you know scores a couple touchdowns late maybe or it's frustrating throughout though. But I, I am just fascinated with watching Iowa's offense up close because it has been, it's historically bad, historically bad, <laughs> and especially inexcusable when Kirk Ferentz's son is the offensive coordinator. So um, okay. it's a ton of gold coming out of that place this year. But anyway, that, that's a wrap, man. Like I, I guess we should, should ask is what's uh what's your vibe? What's your prediction on this one?
1: I'm thinking like probably 33 to 26, uh, Ravens is this kind of how I see it. I don't see it as being as miserable as last week, but um, uh, no love.
0: No love. All right. You got it. I got a 26 24 Browns win with a uh, Cade York 43 yard field goal is going to win this one. So That's you great. heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. John, appreciate your time, man.
1: All right. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jake.
0: Guys, that's a wrap on today. Hopefully you're having a great Saturday. You continue to do so. We'll be back with Brad Ward for your Sunday preview tomorrow. Thanks for your patience on the flip-flop of the order of your uh, usual content this week. I know sometimes uh, some people always hit me up and ask where the certain episode is. It's a part of your routine, and I really, really appreciate that. I think that's pretty cool, and it gives me a reason to keep doing what we're doing here. So thanks again. Have a great Saturday. Go Buckeyes, and then we'll be back. To chat about the Cleveland Browns Sunday morning and into Sunday evening with the premium post game show and then another podcast for you in there as well. Have a great day, guys. Go, Browns.